worship Jesus today. Everybody, uh, my name is Brandon Poree. I'm the teaching pastor here at the Well, and we're so glad to have you this morning. If it's your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. We got a full house, so if you would please just squeeze in there a little bit. If there's a couple of seats that are open in the middle of the rows, please squeeze on in. That way, the people that are coming in, even as we speak, uh, won't have to uh, climb over you to get to a seat. So if you'd please do that for me, thank you. I see some of you already helping out. We have a special service this morning, and I'm excited. I've been excited all morning about it. Uh, we have all of our uh, older children uh, who are going to uh, help us to 
see a visual representation of the Christmas story of the birth of Christ. They've been working really hard on this, and so I'm excited for them to get to, uh, to be a part of the service and really to take the service. They'll be the main part today. Uh, they've practiced for weeks and weeks. A huge shout out to uh, Robert and Chris Farmer, uh, the Padulas, uh, and several other people who have been help, helping to organize that and to teach them their parts. We have a couple of the kids singing, and uh, so we're just really super excited about that. Today we want to celebrate the birth of our Savior, and I know Christmas is next Saturday, uh, but by the time we meet again, it'll be the day after Christmas, and so we wanted to celebrate the birth of Christ today with this display and for us to just include the children and uh, for it to be something that's really cool to see and to get them involved too. You, re you guys ready to worship today? Yeah, amen. Uh, we uh, I will have some announcements maybe here in just a minute. We're going to go ahead now and do our offering and those type things at our time of offering. Everyone will stand to their feet. We'll move out to the side. We'll come down around the front and we'll give whatever God's laid on your heart. If you're visiting today and this is not your home church, we don't expect you to give. If you would like to, that's perfectly fine. But uh, it's not, you know, obligatory in any sense of the word. So we just want you to enjoy yourself today. We, our prayer is, is that you would see King Jesus high and lifted up, exalted, for he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The God of heaven that came down to dwell amongst us and to become one of us, which was necessary for the salvation of all who would believe. And so we praise God for that today. So if you would stand to your feet. We're going to move out around the sides, come down and give whatever God has laid on your heart. Use that time also as a time of fellowship. Shake somebody's hand. Tell them that you're glad to see them. I also want to mention that this coming Friday night, we're going to have on Christmas Eve, Friday is Christmas Eve, we're going to have a small Christmas Eve service. So if you would like to come back and be with us then, we would love to have you. It, I know everybody has, or a lot of people have plans uh, on Christmas Eve a lot of the time, so we're going to do it at 5 o'clock, and it's just going to be a short service, uh, 45 minutes, we're going to do something just really chill, we're going to do a candlelight, an acoustic set, and we're going to celebrate the anticipation of the birth of Christ on the actual uh, eve of Christmas when we celebrate his birth, so we would love to have you this Friday, 5 o'clock, come just uh, dress, come as you are, and we will worship the King together and on that note let us pray and then we'll do our offering lord jesus thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together with all of these saints here today we love you and we are so grateful for who you are just just who you are period lord jesus you are amazing you are the the king of kings you're the creator of the world you are the creator of the heavens and of the earth you create mountains, yet you shape us and mold us into who we are to be. You number the trees across the entire globe, yet you know every hair on our head. You are absolutely breathtaking. You are amazing, phenomenal, majestic. We cannot, we cannot express to you just how much you are worthy of our worship and our adoring you. Lord God, take this service and, and make it to be what you would have it to be. I pray, God, that you would bless all of these little ones who are coming and 
reading parts of the Christmas story from your holy word, or they're singing, or they're doing whatever it is that they're doing, God, to glorify you. Lord Jesus, bless them in every, every step of their life, that they might keep their eyes on you. Bless everyone else here, God, that we might see your glory in the face of these children and those who are participating in this. I pray for your word that will go forth, God, that it would be a word that would not return void, and we know that you promised us that. Lord God, now as we come to bring these offerings and, and these gifts, Lord, we pray, God, that you would bless those and multiply them and send them out. Lord, for all of these Christmas gifts that we got for all of these children in our community, God, I pray that they would bless them physically and that they would have great joy as they physically open these gifts. But more than that, God, I pray that they would feel the love of their Savior, Messiah, who has come to ransom them. Lord Jesus, may it be a spiritual blessing more than anything else. I pray for all of those who are in hard times right now and even having to have help for Christmas. God, we're so glad to do it. But Lord God, we pray that you would bless them, even in monetary ways, and bless them with jobs, and bless them with motivation to get out there and work and to do whatever they need to do. Bless them with health, that they would be able to work. Some want to, and they can't. Lord, whatever you do, glorify yourself. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. whose glory fills the skies and Christ the Dark and cheap. 
Luke 2, 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Two, eight through 12. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for I behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Luke 2, 8 through 12.
215 through 16. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the, la and the baby lying in a manger. Luke 215 through 16.
chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we, for we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him.
Praise the Lord. How about one more hand for those guys? They did so good. And I know I've already mentioned it one time, but uh, how about we give a hand too to uh, Robert and Chris Farmer for putting that together. I know it was a lot of work. They were meeting up here and uh, rehearsing and trying to herd all those cats. Yeah. If you want to turn in your Bibles with me, we'll be in uh, Matthew's Gospel in the first chapter. And uh, I've just got a short sermon for you today. No, I mean it, I think. Let's all stand to our feet for the reading and the hearing of God's Word. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. You may be seated. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. So, all jokes aside, uh, I don't have a ton to preach today because the message is so forthright and so simple and so powerful that there's not a ton of words needed. I do just want to point out a few things about the Christmas season and the celebration uh, that we as Protestant Christians uh, that we recognize here. Now, not all Protestants uh, celebrate Christmas. Uh, some refuse to as they believe it is unbiblical practice that it's more of a pagan holiday we won't get into all of that we redeem the times and we uh, use every opportunity that we can and we use the freedom that Christ has given us through the new covenant to take this time to celebrate the birth of Christ whether or not he was born exactly on December 25th we'll let people smarter I guess debate and argue about that we just celebrate the birth of Christ this time of year but what is it about the birth of Christ that is so significant that this one human being in the history of the world deserves for a large portion of the globe to celebrate his birth? What is so significant about this point in time that we would stop everything, that people, they get, off, they get days off work, 
schools shut down all across the United States of America and all across the world. Uh, businesses shut down. They send their employees home many times with pay. It's a recognized day of the year that has been accepted that you stop, you slow down, you think about what's going on. And not everybody celebrates the birth of Christ. A lot of people just like to give gifts and get gifts on, on Christmas and during this season. And I hope, and while I appreciate giving gifts and I uh, have an understanding of how that could be used in worshiping Christ and in signifying uh, what was taking place in that time. Christ is the greatest gift that's ever been given. I would hope that we as Christians realize that it's about much more than what you get or what you receive or about Santa or any of those things, that we more than anything celebrate the birth of King Jesus. God among us, Emmanuel. And so I want to just point out a few things out of the text and just hopefully cause you to reflect on those things as we go through this Christmas season and as we approach Christmas Day. So this year we get to think about these things and reflect on these things as we approach Christmas Day as it is coming up on Saturday. Christmas Eve is on Friday. And again, just a shameless plug here. I hope that you come out with us on Friday night to have a small candlelit Christmas Eve service. But let's take a look at the text, and then I want to go to one follow-up text. And this will be a really good segue or transition as well into the new series that we've, that we've got coming up. And if you're new to the well, and if you're visiting us today with thoughts that you might want to try the well out, maybe you don't have a church home, or uh, you've been watching us online, maybe you've not been attending because of uh, the pandemic or for whatever reason you just got out of the habit and now you've come back and I know a lot of the a lot of the times people just visit church a couple two or three times a year Christmas Easter Mother's Day things like that and uh, I don't want to make light of that but I do uh, plead with the Lord for you that maybe as you're visiting this year something sticks and something a seed is planted that would draw you back to God's people and to the place where, where we gather to worship Him. And so as we think about a lot of these things, the reason that it would segue really well into the, the series that I'm going to be doing, which is a series through the book of Hebrews, which if you've read Hebrews or studied it at all, if you've even just read parts of Hebrews, you'll understand that Hebrews is one of the richest and most substantial works in the New Testament as far as explaining and unpacking who Jesus is in light of the Old Covenant and Israel and the, the anticipation of the coming Messiah, which the incarnation, the virgin birth, is the point in history where that begins, where that transition makes its move, where we go from the Old Covenant and the New Covenant movement really begins with the, with the incarnation, the inbreaking of God into human history. Now, that's not to say that it was a new idea. The, the incarnation, the coming of the Messiah, God, who would become a man, is foreshadowed and prophesied and, and typified all throughout the Old Testament. 
from Genesis all the way to Malachi. Every book and, and nearly every page prophesies or foreshadows or calls upon us to look and to long for the coming Messiah, Yeshua, who would come and become part of his creation. God, who had uh, no beginning, would become a man in his human body, his human nature would have a beginning, and he would come and dwell among his people. So as we look at that, a snapshot of that in Matthew, and we consider a few things, I want to then move to Hebrews and just kind of give you a little preview of what we will be looking at in the new year. And next week, if you want to come back, next week the Lord's already kind of pressed on my heart, which is unusual. I usually plan my services or messages pretty close to the service. But next week I want to talk to you about new beginnings. And if you think about this, all of these things really fit together. So in the virgin birth, the incarnation, the coming of King Jesus into his creation, who is God from eternity? The Bible says that he is the creator of all things. Everything was created through Jesus and by Jesus, for Jesus. So the creator becomes part of the creation. And all of this to signify the coming of Messiah that would that would do what had been proclaimed and prophesied that would be done for thousands of years beforehand. The old was passing away. Behold, the new was coming. And Jesus Christ showing up on the scene was the sign of the switching from one administration to another administration, from one way of thinking to another way of thinking, to essentially hopelessness in many ways, to hope-filled gospel proclamation through the Lordship and the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of King Jesus. Let's look at the text now, and let's think about a few of these things. In verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. So it's just a, a historical record of what happened when Jesus Christ was born. Matthew's telling us here. He says, When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now I'm not going to break this down uh, too in-depth. It just take too much time. But the key here to understand that Matthew is telling us is that when she was betrothed, when she was engaged, when she was committed to be married to Joseph. They had not been married yet. They had, they had come to a, an agreement. They had uh, entered into this agreement that they would become man and wife. They would get married. They would consummate the marriage, and then they would continue on with their life. Well, after they had agreed, after the proposal, after the, uh, the engagement, if you will, they were fiancés, she came up pregnant. Now, any man in the history of the world knows that if you haven't been with your fiance and she comes up pregnant, that we got a problem. Okay? Uh, you know, she, you can't lie your way out of that one. Uh, you can't hide your way out of that one. Pretty soon, we're going to find out that uh, you were unfaithful. And so, in a very gentle way here, the text says, before they came together. We'll leave it at that. I think we understand. Plenty of children in the room. She was found to be with child. So, she is betrothed to Joseph. They're 
carrying along with the courting and the preparation to become married. And all of a sudden, she is found to be with child. And Joseph doesn't like that very much. Now, Joseph has, got, has caught some flack over that over the years and different commentators and different people. But I'm just saying I understand that it would be an issue if you found your fiancé to be with child. But Joseph is a good man. He's actually a very gentle man. And if you know very much about the Old Testament, he had the right, still under the Mosaic Law Code, to stone her to death. He could have had her killed. That would have been very easy for him to pull off. And if nothing else, he would have had full rights to shame her. And here, the idea of shame, we, you know, in American culture, where, you know, we have hate speech and we have all, you know, super sensitive feelings and everybody's so easily offended. You know, to shame somebody might be like, na-na-na-na-boo-boo. You know, you might have shamed someone and you might go to jail for hate speech. But no, in this culture, in this time, to shame Mary because she had essentially committed adultery is, you know, usually the way you would be found with child, you know, and you wouldn't marry then you would publicly proclaim and put it out there on every level that this woman was an adulteress, she was not clean anymore, she was not a virgin. It would have been amazingly hard for her to get another husband that was worth his salt. She would have been ruined in every sense of the word. In, in this culture as well, to be a woman who had been shamed this way would have almost been a life sentence. In a culture where women, it would have been hard, they wouldn't have been able to work and to provide for their family because of the culture that they were in. It would have been very, very difficult. If you were a woman and you, did not, and you weren't married to a man that could take care of you, then you really were in trouble. You had to, you had to reduce yourself to prostitution or to gleaning fields or to begging to this type of ordeal so here the shaming wasn't man you know she's a she's a cheater she's an adulterer you know and everybody says oh that's horrible and then forgets about it a year later no she would have been an outcast in society but joseph here before he even actually knows that it was the child that was conceived by the power of the holy spirit he seeks to divorce her quietly he doesn't want to shame her he just wants to do this under the radar so that possibly she could find another husband. He was just going to bypass marrying her. The betrothal had been made obsolete, that he was just going to back out of this deal. But he wasn't going to publicly shame her. He was a good man. He was a gracious man. He was a merciful man. But before he could do that, it says, And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So he was just going to kind of slide out and just let her go about her way and not, not publicly shame her. And let me just stop right there for a side note. He's demonstrating the qualities of Christ even in that moment. So let me just, as a further move on that side point, earlier I said that this is a new transition and a new administration to bring hope where previously there was none. That's not perfectly accurate. Generally speaking, that's, that's, the, that's the mainstream and flow of this story. 
But even in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, the righteous lived by faith. We understand that through the Old Testament scriptures. Now, I don't have time to unpack all of that, but let me suffice it to say that Old Testament saints were saved through the blood of Jesus Christ as well. And those who had faith in God, their faith was credited, looking forward to the coming Messiah, looking forward to Christ, who would be that payment and propitiation for their sin. They looked forward, we looked back. And so I say that to say, it seems as if, and I know I'm reading a little into the text here, it seems as if Joseph, who would have been a devout Jew, a, a, a devout Israelite, we know that he made his sacrifices. We know that he made his journeys. We know that he did what Israelites do. He was faithful to God. And in those times, you could have been faithful to God out of obligation, and it would have been of no value to you, no true significant value to you, that you would have followed the rules and rituals thinking that you could have earned favor with God. Or you could have been faithful to those sacrificial systems and laws because you loved God. And that love, you see, it wasn't the following of the ritualistic system that gained them any favor with God whatsoever. We know from Hebrews that the blood of bulls and goats cleanses us from no sin. It's impossible for it to do so. Then how were they cleansed from sin if the system didn't work? It was the faith. It was the motivation of why they carried out the system. We know that Abraham looked for Christ's day, and when he saw it, he was glad. We know that Abraham, before the Levitical system was even put into place, carried his son Isaac up the hill because he was faithful to God and he believed God. And as he went to sacrifice his son, God stopped him, providing a sacrifice in the bushes in the form of a goat or a, a ram or a lamb that, that God prefigured and foreshadowed the coming Messiah through Abraham. And through that act of faith, Abraham's love for God being demonstrated in his willingness to obey, not out of arm-twisting obligation, but out of heartfelt love, God looks at that faith and he says, Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. And remember, Abraham was looking forward to Christ. So I've just said that to say it seems here as if we already see Joseph, the father of Jesus, the adopted father of Jesus, demonstrating Christ-like uh, virtue and value and uh, character in his life. So it just makes me wonder how close was Joseph to the Lord. He, I, he seemed to love the Lord. And so we see here that Joseph is, becomes part of the incarnation story, the the Christmas story, if you will. It says, And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So, you know, man, how many lessons we could draw from this. Joseph hits a rough spot in his life, but, you know, obviously he has a relationship with the Lord. He's, he's a gracious man. He's a merciful man. We know that he's a faithful man to God and God's covenant and God's uh, laws and his sacrifices. Seems to be doing it out of a genuine love and faith that he has in God. 
He's considering these things, which means that the situation that he's currently in, he's, he's thinking about these things. He's meditating on what's going on. I wonder how much prayer was involved in that and how Joseph was just thinking, what am I going to do? I don't want to put her to shame. He seems to love Mary. I love her. I don't want to put her to shame. I don't want to, to have this happen, but I can't be with this woman. The law was very strict against adultery, and here he is. He's in turmoil, seems like, inside of himself he's considering and just at his moment where he's about to put her away and divorce quietly the an angel of the lord comes to him the lord speaks to him through ministering spirit through a ministering angel and the lord quietens him and says joseph don't worry about this look what you seem to understand the situation and reality to be it's not actually that way let me just pause for some application there for one moment how many of us need that word today how many of us are in the middle, in this Christmas season, you know, I point to the Rollins family and I just wonder, you know, in the middle of that crazy time that you were in and you were on the edge of this and you were thinking, maybe, I don't know what you were thinking, I'm not going to pretend to be able to even imagine, but to be thinking, why, why? what is this for, how, how often, you know, and the Lord says, listen, I've got this thing under control. How many of us in a Christmas season, we have purchased the people at the well here, has made a way for, I think, 65 plus children to have Christmas this year. How many of those parents, of no fault of their own, they're trying and, and they just, we had one, uh, one boy in here the other day. He doesn't, and I don't want to give anything away, I, I've not seen him, so I'll, I, I'll make it as vague as I can. He said, I'm not going to be able to have Christmas this year. Young boy. He said, I'm not going to be able to have Christmas this year. Uh, somebody's sick and we'll take care of But he didn't know that he's on the list. Somebody's taking care of him. I, I messaged Heather just to make sure, hey, is this kid taken care of? Was he on the list? Oh, yeah, he's on the list. Here's the couple that has him. Praise the Lord. And it just dawned on me that this young, this young child is you know turn, turn you know he's all torn up inside because he doesn't know if he's going to have a, a christmas he doesn't know if if he's going to have anything he you know everybody's forgotten about him his family you know his caretaker's sick and here he is but you know from my perspective i'm looking and i want to i want to say hey hey it's okay it's okay we got you and and the funny thing was is that uh somebody else heard this and he's already got this one couple that's taking care of him. But this, uh, these other people in the church heard this too. And they didn't know that he was taking care of us. So they're, they're taking care of him. So I'm like, the crazy thing. Yes, that's grace. That's grace. So mercy is not getting what we deserve. Grace is, uh, mercy is not getting the punishment that we actually deserve. Grace is getting the blessing that we don't deserve. And here this child is rubbing his hands together thinking, I, I don't know. And he's probably going to get two or three times as much as whoever else. And so that's, isn't that beautiful? That's, that's, that's the story. It's what's going on here. And the, an angel of the Lord shows up and he's like, Joseph, look, not only do you not have to divorce her, not only are you okay not only can you forgive her and it be a you know a just forgiveness that she doesn't have to pay for a crime because no crime has been committed but i'm saying to you joseph that your your fiance your betrothed your soon-to-be wife is carrying the child that has been conceived by the power of the holy spirit what a blessing and so i just say as a moment of, and, and a point of application 
to step back from your situation a little bit. Sit down and consider and think through what you're, what you're going through. Pray and seek the Lord. Ask Him to reveal to you by whatever means He desires to, whether it be a ministering spirit. We know that the angels are ministering spirits that are sent to minister to us. We know that He gave us His holy word. Holy writ is written and, and it's special revelation given to us by God to shed light on the things that we're going through. It's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. So slow down a little bit and get with the Lord, get along with him, meditate, get into your prayer closet, and let the Lord speak to you to reveal to you the true nature of your situation. Because what I know is this, no matter how bad it looks on the outside, if you are a born-again believer, what's on the inside cannot be taken, and it's far more valuable than all of these things falling apart all around you. I promise you that. I promise you that. So let's go a little further. Amen. That's good. That's the Bible. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I, you know I, it, at risk of making it take a little longer, I just want to point one more thing out, too. <laughs> and I hadn't planned on this, but it just jumped off the page. And I, I want to, you tell me if it was worth it. What is, what is, what is, so the Lord has insight into Joseph, right? He has insight. He, he, he knit Joseph together in the womb. What is, what is the angel of, what is, what does the angel of the Lord say? Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. How much of his divorce of her do you think possibly could have been the fear of what everybody else would have thought about him marrying this woman or being blamed for having impregnated her before they were actually married when he knew he didn't right how much of that was the fear let me say this to you don't be scared to follow God I don't care what anybody else thinks don't be scared to follow God and to obey him, to be about his business, no matter what the naysayers will say about you. I, I, you know, especially you young people out there. And there are a ton of young people in here, and I know that's like, you know, we can't talk about this stuff around the young people. They have young ears. Let me tell you something. If you're not talking to your teenagers and even... A little before that, if you're not talking to them about sexual relationships and intimate relationships, somebody is. I promise you that. Well, if you are talking to them, though, and you are setting those godly boundaries and those godly expectations and showing them that through the word of the living God, showing them the benefit that these relationships are not bad, they're just bad outside of a covenant of marriage the way God designed it, then they will have that foundation to stand on when the world comes at them. And if you give them these these truths these anchor points that joseph here is worried about what everybody else is going to think too how can he stay true to what god's going to do because he's scared about what everybody will think about him well think about your teenager think about your young person who is in that situation that 
for them to deny to do those things is going to get them ridiculed. It's going to get them called names. You have to come alongside of them and support them. You have to be the angel of the Lord. Does anybody here know what the word angel means? Messenger. That's what the word angel means. Now we can have holy uh, angels, supernatural spirit beings that are angels, and but also in the text of Scripture, human beings who carry a message are called angels too. These are messengers. The word angel just means messenger. I took that side note there to say, listen, you need to be angels to your children and to everyone around you as the angel of the Lord here comes to Joseph and says, listen, don't worry about what they think about you. You just follow God's plan. Because that's what's going to be best for you. Parents, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, come alongside of those who you know who need to hear it and say, listen, this is what the word of God says. I love you. Don't you be afraid of what everybody else is going to think. Only one, only one person opinion, uh, opinion matters about you. Who is that? God, the Lord Jesus. That's right. So an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. What is that word that was spoken? This is uh, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This was the message to Joseph. The message was very clear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because the child that is conceived inside her womb is, from, is conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of this is how it was supposed to be. Why? Because all of this is to fulfill the scriptures and the prophecies that have been prophesied and foreshadowed and laid out for thousands of years that, Joseph, this is the time. This is the time. And Joseph, being a devout Jew, Joseph being a follower of Yahweh, knowing the word of God, knowing the, the, what the prophets had said, he, when he would have heard this, I imagine that he would have, it would have instantly said, oh, that's right. Because, I mean, if, if some messenger comes to you and says, hey, don't worry that your fiance is pregnant, it's from God. <laughs> like, I wonder how many people try to use that excuse. No, babe, I promise, the Lord. Uh, no. Nah. But when the, and it, this, yeah, that wasn't just a funny point, but it, it is a true point because watch this. How did the Lord prove to Joseph that what was happening was what was supposed to be happening and was righteous? Remember when Paul says, he says, test every spirit. We always say, how do you test the spirits? What does the Lord, what does the angel of the Lord do? To show Joseph, no, this is true, this is righteous, and it is of the Lord. What does he say? Look at the scripture. Look at the scripture. So let's go back to the application that we were just talking about a minute ago. So you have a tough situation. So you have some uh, things, that in your, things in your life that just doesn't, they don't seem to add up. It doesn't seem like there's any way out for you. It seems like it's all over. This is just too much for you to bear, so on and so forth. Well, we said, do like Joseph, consider, think, pray, meditate, listen to see if you can hear the voice of the Lord, how he would speak to you through a messenger, through another 
believer through the word of God, through whatever it might be. And then whatever word you get, test it according to the word of the living God. Pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty simple, but it's so hard for us to do sometimes, isn't it? Because we just want to run around in a panic, you know? So, yeah, I think some people like to run around in a panic. It's like, listen, calm down, right? If you'll just calm down, then it'll be okay, I promise. Listen to the Lord, look for the word of God. So here he calls Joseph's attention to a word from the living God that had been prophesied and foreshadowed many, many years before. And so Joseph, on contemplating this and listening to the Lord, considering the scripture, is not only relieved to not have been cheated on, but realizes that he has he now has the opportunity to be a father to adopted father which the the thread of adoption that biblical thread is beautiful in the scriptures in many different ways this is one instance i don't know if you had put those together or not but jesus was adopted by joseph but anyway that G that joseph not only was his horrible situation not what it seemed but it was the greatest blessing maybe that anybody on the face of the earth up to that point was blessed uh, to be a part of and to be, uh, to be in on with God, that this was the inbreaking of God Almighty into his creation. And who was this? So this wasn't just any miraculous birth either. It was the birth of Messiah. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. I, I saw a funny thread, um, I think it was last year, but about this time, uh, the groups I'm in, they'll start discussing the song, uh, Mary, Did You Know, right? And have you ever really thought about that song? Like, I love that song, the way that it, you know, the harmony and the way, it, you know, the flow of the song. I just think it's, Mary, did you know? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> but have you ever thought about the theological accuracy of the song? And I, I saw some, some guy did a, a, another rendition of it, and I don't know all the words to it, but I know one part was like, uh, Mary, did you know? And then he comes back with a verse that says, well, of course she knew. <laughs> well, do you really think that uh, Joseph, like, you know, she, I mean, Mary was talking to, to God too, right? And here, you know, Mary's pregnant. Do you think that the Lord's going to like whisper it in Joseph's ear? Now, just, just don't tell Mary. Don't tell Mary, right? And even when like Joseph was going to name Jesus, then the angel of the Lord had told Joseph what to name him. Name him Jesus. Why? Because God's going to save his people. But Joseph, you think he didn't tell Mary that? He's like, Mary, let's call him Jesus. Why? I don't know. I just, I just like that name. You know, it's, I just like that name. So I always thought that that was funny. But here we are. You know, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would, and you know, she knew, she knew that she had been impregnated, so that, she, that the baby in her womb had been conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. She knew his name was Jesus. She knew his name was Emmanuel, God with us. Yes, yeah, she knew, you know, yes, Mary did know, right? How much did she know and how it would unfold? Did she know that? I'm not sure. It's it seems to me that she knew a fair amount, maybe even as much or more than Jesus at certain times of his life, you'd, you'd say, oh, hold on, Jesus is omniscient. He knows everything. Yes, the divine nature of Jesus knows everything, but 
we talked about this in our systematic theology. Very, very interesting topic. Jesus, you understand, is completely God, yet completely man. And this will boggle your mind. It's fun to talk about. It'll boggle your mind. I see Austin back there. He's looking at Sonny. He's like, you know, I, I got him on this one. We, we have these discussions. But I want you to think about this. Philippians tells us that, uh, that Christ, being equal with God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, or he set, av- he set aside his divine attributes. We also know that Jesus Christ grew in wisdom and stature. And so Jesus, his divine, he was two natures in one person, the person Jesus. So he had a divine nature and he had a human nature. He was fully God and he was fully man. And the fully God was eternal. He didn't have a beginning. He didn't have an end. He couldn't die. He was spirit. He he was omniscient. He was omnipotent. He was all powerful, all knowing, all loving. That's the divine side of God, of Jesus. But his human nature felt pain, and it was tempted, we know. It, he learned. He grew in wisdom and stature. He, 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 wasn't, he wasn't omniscient in his human nature. Does that make sense? And so the reason I started saying that was is that, do you remember the first miracle that Jesus ever performed? What was it? Water into wine. Do you remember how that miracle came about? His mom said no for real that's how it was as a matter of fact she comes to him and she says jesus we're at this wedding i like these people listen they're going to be embarrassed you know how women freak out when there is a party that they're invited to i know we have parties at our house and my wife freaks out right Every nook and cranny, everything's got to be clean. You dusting where you didn't even know that you had places that dust could stay, right? We got to hire people to come in and, and help clean. And so here Jesus' mom is, you know, she's like, listen, my friends are going to be embarrassed. Jesus, you got to do something. And Jesus, the God of the universe, says, mama, it ain't my time yet. And she says, Jesus. That's <laughs> the only thing that I can gather from the text. Because he literally says, look, it's, he says, woman, I, he, he says, woman, woman, it ain't my time yet. But you know who ended up doing what she said he was going to do. <laughs> Can you imagine, right? So you're there, the God of the universe says, woman, it ain't my time yet. She said, what would you say to me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will take this, I will get a switch. I say all that to say Mary knew. Mary knew. If he had to, she had to know what he was capable of. Why else would she have came to him and said, look, Jesus, they out of wine. Okay, so what you want me to do? You know what you can do. <laughs> right? I wonder if Jesus was like, I don't know. She's like, yes, you do. Come on, son. You got this. You got this. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to think about Jesus that way because while I am not in the least setting aside the idea that he was divine, we know that he was divine. We know that he was But we also know that he learned and he grew and he felt pain and he was tempted. And and Hebrews tells us that he was tempted in every way like we are, yet without sin. It's just a beautiful thing because, you see, this was the necessary reality. And this is why I brought this up is because it says that she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The only way that Jesus could save his people from their sins and just for your information and we're going to put a bow on it jesus is the only savior 
He is the, he's not a savior. He's not a way. He's not a truth. He is necessarily the only savior. And that's not because I hate all other proposed saviors. Well, you know, they're lies and demons. But my problem is, is that they don't have the necessary qualification to save. Because you had to have a, a savior that was both God and man in order to bridge the gap between God and men. It, it would have been impossible for him to save if he had not been both God and man. In Jesus, the God-man, the heavenly, the divine, meets the creaturely and creates a bridge that human beings can cross over to relationship with the divine. And the way that that happens is that the God-man Jesus who was perfect in every way, tempted as we are because he was human, never sinned, lived a perfect life, obedient unto death. And death is the only thing, death is the only thing that is deserved from sin. Those that sin must die. And the only way that you can live is if you live with no sin. If you live with no sin, a perfect life, then you have the right, you have the right to relationship with God because you have not sinned to separate. Jesus Christ had no sin. Therefore, he had the right to eternal life and eternal oneness with God because there was nothing to separate him. But Jesus, having no sin, took our sin upon himself. And when he took our sin upon himself, it caused a break and a tear in the relational uh, connection between Christ and the Father. It was death. That's the death that Jesus experienced. The beautiful thing is, is that Jesus, having no sin of his own, took your particular sin. It was actually your sin, the believer. Your, Dennis, your particular sin, that's what caused the break in relational uh, connection with the Father. Because he didn't have his own sin that would cause that death. So your sin caused that death. But the beautiful thing is, when Jesus takes your sin, Dan, and he takes it in such a way that he puts it onto himself, and that sin causes a rip in the divine connection, the relational connection between the Father and the Son, well, you have no more sin that would cause you to have a tear in relationship. So the sin, your sin, your sin that would have caused a tear between the relationship and has caused a tear between the relationship that you have with God was taken away and put upon Christ and, and it would cause him to die. But since you don't have any more sin because Jesus took it all, now you can have a relationship with the Father. Does that make sense with everybody? This, Martin Luther calls this the great exchange. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. So brother, if, if, G, if you believe in Christ and you have faith in Christ and you're washed by his blood, what that means is, is that Christ has taken your particular sin upon himself and died for it. But what's left when he takes your sin off is his righteousness that he clothes you in. It's the great exchange. This God who came down and dwelt among us has brought into perspective a heavenly reality that was only dreamed about in times past. 
It is the heavenly reality that through Christ your sins are forgiven. And I'll end. You guys want to come on up. I'm, I'm ending now. In Hebrews, the, the, way that the, it, the way that it begins is this. Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Let's all stand to our feet. This year, as you consider what God has done for you, as you consider the Christmas season and the inbreaking of God Almighty into human creation, we call that the incarnation. As you consider Christmas and celebrating the birth of Messiah, the birth of King Jesus, I want you to think about the transitions and the new beginnings signified in God breaking into human history in order to fulfill the whole old covenant, in order to fulfill all of the foreshadows and the types and the prophecies. And have you, have you had faith in Christ? Have you believed? Have you received Christ as your Messiah? Has he given you life? Have you given him your sins? Has he taken your sins upon himself? And granted to you life through his righteousness. Think on Christ this season. He is the reason for the season. Not to be too cliche or corny. But he is the reason for the season. As we think about those things. We'll have a song. I want to once again invite you back Friday night. For our Christmas Eve service. We'll have candles. We'll have an acoustic set. And we'll just. It'll be very relaxed. We'll just have some fun worshiping Jesus. For a little while and then you can get to your event thank you so much for joining with us this morning i hope that you were blessed for those of you who uh are uh, here to pick up gifts some of you may be here to pick up gifts we're going to give those out until 1 30 for all of you who would help us to give out some gifts you can hang around and help us to deliver them to cars we're going to pray for those families that we give gifts out to um, you can hang back and help us with that too. For everyone who visited, thank you so much for coming today. Uh, if you have a home church, then take the Holy Spirit back with you and bless somebody. If you don't have a home church, then just know that you're welcome to uh, come and join with us, and uh, we would love to have you. Uh, let's pray, and then we're going to uh, we're going to have a song here, and uh, you can come and and do business with God. If you aren't saved, if you've never trusted in Christ then uh, I'll be up here. Just come and talk to me. It ain't got to be nothing big and fancy. I'd love to talk to you. King Jesus has come and broken into human history and made a way where there was no way. Bow down to him and live. That's the promise. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being so amazing and so worthy, so perfect. Thank you, God, for trading places with me. God, without you, I have no hope. Neither does anybody else here. We give all praise, honor, and glory to you. We thank you for this Christmas season that we get to celebrate once again the coming of our King, Emmanuel, God with us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
します。